Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Truck with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another issue of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to issue 32 of Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. My name is Ian Clark. And I am joined, as always, by the Sentinel of Summer himself, Mr. Andrew Howard. Andy, how are you? Uh, I just devoured uh, Jupiter and Saturn, uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. Wow. All right. Seems uh, seems like low-hanging fruit to make a Uranus joke here, but I'll uh, so we'll just move on. But yeah, we uh, kind of took July off, not really on purpose, but just things going on. I know you were uh, enjoying some time up in Maine and. I had other stuff going on, so I was like, eh, it's a free podcast. People will be okay if we take a month off once in a while. Yeah, so. yeah, I, uh, I definitely have been looking forward to it. And the other thing, too, is it's still been slow with comics. Um, I was just trying to figure out, like, I was looking back, organizing, hey, what are my monthlies that I want to talk about this uh, podcast? And I realized that, like, there are a couple of my monthlies that, that haven't come out since May or March. Uh, May or April, I should say. Um, still plenty of good stuff out there, but yeah, it's there hasn't there hasn't been as much new content. Right, right. And we'll get to that in the poll list. Uh, we had a couple things to talk about before we start the show, uh, as far as the segments go. And one of the things we've we were not able to mention right when it happened because we had recorded, I think, literally a day or two before, and then forgot to last time. But still, Bear is talking about, and that's the passing of Denny O'Neill. Uh, a couple of months ago now, just an absolute legend in the comic book field. One of my favorite writers, uh, his teaming with Neil Adams is in the pantheon of, of greatest teams of all time in comics, right up there with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, or, well, you could probably have a bunch there's Stan Lee and so-and-so Stan Lee and Ditko, Stan Lee and John Romita. But anyway, um, Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, just a legendary team and, Denny O'Neill himself, uh, just a phenomenal writer, known for amazing runs on Batman and Green Lantern when he teamed him up with Green Arrow and took on a lot of social issues like racism and drug abuse and things like that in the 70s that no one was touching. And uh, just just really a phenomenal creator and, and one of my favorites of all time. So just wanted to make sure that we mentioned his passing because he was absolutely a legend in the field. Yeah, no, um, one of the other kind of comic book podcasts I listened to uh, had one uh, kind of a retrospect on him as well. So I went back um, or I had, had done something on him in the past. And I went back and listened to that, too. Um, yeah, it's it is it is interesting to how at different points in history, you know, some of what was happening in comic books was speaking kind of to kind of the social zeitgeist at the time um which actually segues into one of the things that i wanted to mention too so i don't i don't know that we ever um talked about comics gate at all uh on this podcast and i don't i don't know how much you even know about that and i think it would, it would have been very early on because it was like 2018 and I, I think i think we started when, when did we start like late 2018 
Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it it feels like a long time ago. A couple couple. It's got to be almost three years at this point because we're in the uh, episode wise we're in the 30s and we've taken a month off here or there. So that would put us at, at three years. So it may have just been one of those things that we were new enough that we weren't kind of looking at some of these kind of tangential comics topics. But, um, you know, I'm not going to do a whole lot of on it, but, but but basically you with many kind of industries, you have, you know, issues with, um, you know, how kind of um minorities uh women um transgender um gay straight people are handled um and oftentimes you know if you look at kind of the who's who uh you know comics history it is it's a lot of kind of straight white men um and over the last few years i think comics have become more open but in 2018 there's the whole comics gate saga and you had a, a couple different artists, both writers uh, and artists, kind of go, you know, basically say they're not, you know, they're not going to be politically correct. They're not going to go, you know, they're not going to go along with things. Um, and re- recently it, it came to light that Dynamite Comics um, was, you know, potentially still supporting some of those artists. So there's been a huge backlash against Dynamite with a lot of their other kind of mainstream artists uh, kind of saying, we're not, we're not going to work with Dynamite anymore. Um, And I just think it's interesting too, because I know there's, there's this whole idea of like, there's too much cancel culture. Like we should, you know, not read Dynamite because of what a few people did. Um, but I think it does speak volumes when you have artists that are basically like, I don't want to be associated with a label that's associated with these individuals. So I know sometimes we think we get too far into the into the cancel culture, but I do still think that it's important to be able to kind of speak with your feet and walk away, walk away from something like that. Um, and it's it's just one of those interesting things where I don't I love comics so much. And they are they allow me to be my escape that I sometimes forget that in every form of entertainment out there, there's going to be some douchebags um, and it, it kind of sucks. But um, I'm kind of it's one of those things where I, I'm trying to be more aware of that. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily boycott uh, an artist or writer. I think I can tell by their writing that I'm not going to like them. Uh, so that's going to come through regardless uh but it's something i think i'm a little bit more aware of yeah and i I think ultimately the the way i always feel about that is that i'm going to vote with my wallet if and and that's really what you know these companies can put whether it's comic books or shoe company or or whatever can put out these statements whether it's on black lives matter or or anything political uh, and social that they want to put a statement out about but ultimately people will vote with their wallets and if you don't you, you know ultimately they're a company and if you say i'm not going to buy your product because of this and they start to feel that in their in their bottom line that's when they make a change and unfortunately sometimes it takes that for some companies to make a change but i'm always of the of the vote with your wallet mindset that if they, if there is a company that has a policy in place or employs someone 
uh, with uh, opinions or, or is outspoken about things that I you know believe strongly in and goes against my views or my morals and things like that, I will I will not support that company. And that's kind of how I do things. Uh, and, I, and I think that's how a lot of people do things. So I think um, all those things tend to come out in the wash and and ultimately i've said ultimately about 50 times i should get the cha-ching for uh, for comicsology for that but in the end companies want to make money and keep having their products sell so they're going to make decisions that are the best for them and if people are saying hey this person makes me not want to buy your product then they have to take a hard look at it and say well how do i feel about this issue do i feel strongly enough about this person being able to say whatever they feel like or do i want to make a stand against it or do i want to say yeah you're hurting our company we can't have you here anymore so that's that's kind of how i feel about those things is that i will i will not support uh certain entities that have things that i just disagree with on a, on a moral and social uh compass so you know, yeah. I, and I, th- I think that's that's kind of how it is for a lot of people. Yeah, it's interesting because I know there are some other kind of writers out there that I like um, that I didn't realize were not always the most upstanding individuals. Um, and the more so this this touches more on like the, the Me Too movement and how especially young women coming up in the industry were taking it. It, it reads just like the TV and movie industry when you right. look at it. Um, and it's, it's depressing. Um, and I don't, it, it's, that's when it becomes tough for me because there's a body of work out there by some of these artists that I enjoy reading and that behavior doesn't necessarily come across in, in their writing. Uh, but to know that they did that, like, yeah, it makes me, it, it makes me think, um, but I, I also enjoyed what they wrote. And so it puts me in this really kind of tough place sometimes. But then there's the other spectrum where I can tell by someone's writing sometimes that they're not necessarily a really good person. Um, and I, and it, it makes it a little bit easier. But yeah, there's yeah. some of it's tough. Yeah, and I have, uh, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, kind of separating the, the artist and, or, um, you know, the, the person from what they produce i kind of have one of those things with with something that's very important to me and that's uh that's the movie conan the barbarian i love that movie that's my favorite movie i i've seen that movie a ton of times i think it's way better than it gets credit for i think it gets written off as a cheesy sword and sorcery movie when it's much deeper than that um john milius the director is and not to get into you know necessarily our political stuff although i think probably it's pretty obvious where we fall but uh like john milius the director is like a right wing gun nut type of like someone that i have very little in common with and have very few beliefs that that overlap but and that movie does even have so it's funny because that movie has some definitely some like uh, it, it's a, it's very not to get into a whole thing about Conan the Barbarian, but it has a lot of strange contrast to it. It's very much anti hippie because it it paints Thulsa Doom's cult as like a you know 70s uh, hippie cult, 
yet it has a very strong female protagonist in um, Valeria who is – now, yes, there is sort of a damsel in distress with um, King Rosric's daughter, but at the same time, it's way overshadowed by Valeria who is an incredibly strong female character who is in no way – beneath conan and subutai the male you know heroes and, and is very much stands on her own um so you know it that's a strange thing for me but i but I, and there are some certain themes i know milius was going for in the movie that i would not necessarily agree with but he also does some contrasting things in the movie that i don't know if he intended that kind of swing in the other direction too so but but that's one of those things. I love that movie, but I have a lot of issues with who John Milius is as a as a person and what he represents. So, um, you know, you do have to kind of separate those things sometime and and look at the the artwork itself rather than the you know and, and that's more about the sum of the the parts too. It's not like it's just Milius that made that movie. You know, you you've got Arnold, you've got obviously Basil Polidorus's unbelievable score for it and all those things that that bring it together so um yeah i totally understand about the you know how you view something that you may enjoy that might be produced by someone who's not a person that you um you know think is particularly good <laughs> yeah yeah no so that's um yeah, it's one of those things where i just kind of sometimes i'm not sure where to go to go with it um and again it's it's one of those things where i think especially as a dad like I think it's more important uh, for me to be kind of aware of those things more now uh, so I can have kind of conversations with my son uh, about those types of things. Cause I think I, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I hate blaming generations for things. Um, but I do get a sense that the more I heard about things, the more it was easy for me to kind of, make my own judgments and, and accept things. Um, and, you know, ha, you know, having respect for, you know, varying groups and varying ideas. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things like, I don't, I can't throw an artist out completely, but at the same time, I got to kind of be aware of the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, I think it's a little confusing because we're talking about comics, which have specifically artists, but we mean, yeah, People producing content could be writers, could be yeah. artists, could be could be inkers, could be anything. So yeah, I know I yeah I hate I hate trying to split them all out because it is if there's if I say artists like I really do mean everybody who's writing content, drawing, inking, lettering, all of that stuff. Yeah, 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 because yeah. it matters. It all all of that stuff matters to a good comic. So um, to bring it back up a little bit. Um, have you seen the old guard on Netflix, Ian? I have not seen that yet. Okay. So I came across this comic a couple years ago when it came out, it was by Greg, uh, Rucka. Um, it was good. Um, it had a really awesome storyline. The art style is a little different than what I, what I normally like. Um, but all of a sudden, maybe three months ago, I'm watching a trailer. It's like Netflix, you know, coming to Netflix, the old guard with Charlize Theron playing the main character, Andy. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. They did such a good job. Like it is, it is a very good comic book adaptation. Um, it's a dark and gritty comic book at times, and they do a really good job with the adaptation. And the best thing ever 
is there's literally a comic book ending. Oh. Uh, I, I'm trying to think if I even know what Old Guard is, and I'm, I'm surprised that Charlize Theron's in it, and I hadn't heard anything about it. Who was it? Um, Image? Who was, who was? I'm not familiar with it. Comic. Hold on. Let me let me see where I threw that. I got that somewhere in here. Um, all right, I'll find it in a second. So the the backstory is that um, basically there's there are some immortals. So it's very much kind of Highlander esque, oh. uh, but it's 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 not as like there can only be one. Um, it is much more of the, um, they've, they've fought in conflicts throughout, throughout history. Um, they're immortal. Um, it is, they do have the potential to die. Um, but they don't know when they're going to die. And it's not like one special thing out there can kill them. Um, is it a modern setting? So it is in modern setting. There's some flashbacks to ancient times um, because they've like some of them have been around for a very, 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 very long time. Um, so I was just trying to see if it has who who did it. Oh, come on. Why can't I find it? Well, I feel bad that I can't find it right now. Who who put it out? But it's it's a great great series um marvel uh, i'm still looking here yeah why can't i find it uh hold on do the quick internet search yes and you said it's on netflix yeah it's on netflix um it is image it doesn't it is okay okay 2017 image which you will see as we get into the pull list image is dominating like what i'm what i'm reading um and i think it's because especially in the last few years i think kirkman has really been trying to get like great new stories in there um and great storytellers and i love it but that'll be more in our pull list (laughs) nice all right well i think speaking of which we can segue into that Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. Got it, 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 got it,
All right, welcome into the poll list where we discuss our current reads. I am not currently reading anything that is actively being produced, so I will talk a, real quick about a couple things that I am reading and then turn it over to Andy. Uh, I am still reading back through G.I. Joe and enjoying that a lot. Reading the, um, actually not even reading through at this point, I'm, I'm beyond where I had stopped reading initially, so all new to me and, and, and still enjoying that very much. And still making my way through Rat Queens, which I think is fantastic. I'm a huge fan of that. Uh, I think I'm am I done with Volume 3 now. I think that's where I'm at. So um, that, aside from our Read This selection, that's what I've been uh, reading for comics. And um, I will plug a book, too, even though I know it's a comic book show. But this kind of has a, a comic book tie because uh, my friend Brett, who runs uh, – he's one of the owners of Double Midnight Comics – Text me out of the blue and was like, dude, have you heard of devolution? And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he said, did you read World War Z by Max Brooks? And I said, yes, I loved World War Z. I didn't see the movie because it looks stupid and looks like it doesn't have anything to do with the book. But I loved World War Z. He's like, this is World War Z except on a small scale and it's Sasquatches. <laughs> I was like – I am okay. I'm going to Amazon right now and ordering that, and I'm not too far into it. I'm still in the setup, but it's really good, and I can tell I'm going to like it a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't. I thought we talked about this on the podcast before too, but did now when you did you actually read uh, World War Z or did you listen to it? I read it. I heard the the I heard the audio presentation was good because they had different people doing each of the um the yeah, segments. I'll, right? um, I'll see if I can get you a copy of mine. It's it's well worth a listen. Of. I loved yeah. the book. Loved it. Well, because that's um, – Max Brooks is the son of uh, Albert Brooks. Oh, that was Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, you're right. Sorry. I got my Brooks's mixed up in my head. Yeah. Mel, uh, so he – his you know, he knew artists, you know, movie stars and stuff like that. So he got them to do a lot of the voices and stuff. Um, yeah. And, of course, Iron Maiden's the trooper figures in the book as well. And you get to hear that. Oh, is it in there? That's awesome. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it, that's fantastic. Yeah, I um, yeah, that's one that's on my list. I just haven't, I haven't kind of. I actually have some credits to use, so I think I'll, I think I'll throw it towards that. Especially if he did kind of uh, an audio drama version again, because those are super fun. Yeah. So quick. I know it's not a comic, but recommended to me by a comic buddy. So uh, and I'm enjoying it. So I figured I'd throw it in there. So um, what is uh, what have, what's on your pull list? What have you been reading? OK. All right. So first off, I need to mention something G.I. Joe related. OK. Always OK. IDW is also doing some G.I. Joe related things. Apparently they are allowing them to do a Snake Eyes run. Oh. Written by. So this new one is written by Rob uh, Liefeld. Oh, interesting. Right. So I've liked a lot of stuff he's done. It's awful. I was going to say, I've not liked much that Lightfeld has done. I don't think he's a very good artist, and I can't think of anything that he's written that I've enjoyed. So he's the writer on this. So I like some of his art stuff, and I like I like some of the other stuff he's done out there. I did not like this. I was like, I saw it, and I was like, awesome. I'm going to try this out. This is going to be cool. It's not. It's not, it's not, um, yeah, I don't know how else to say it. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I don't think it's ever going to get better than 
some of the stuff that Larry Hama did, like especially like some of that cool stuff with Quinn the Eskimo, and then whatever the, that whole silent issue. I, I, why can't I draw the name of that one? Silent interlude. Silent interlude. Right. So you know, I don't think it's ever going to get better than those things. But you know, we've seen some good stuff before. This is just not one that that I really liked. Um, well. And it's tough, too. There can still be good G.I. Joe content, but it's very difficult to hold anything up to the Larry Hama stuff because he created all those characters. You know, Hasbro was like, hey, we need a, you know, laser trooper or whatever. He gave them personalities and 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 came up with those great stories. So to, nothing's going to hold hold a candle to Larry Hama. But that, that said, you can still have there's some great G.I. Joe stuff that's come out that he didn't do. So it's possible to, to really honor these characters and 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 this property and do it well. Yeah. So so there's and again, I think I like some of like Liefeld's like artwork. I know he does the muscles on muscles, but um, I think that works for some characters and stuff. But I just yeah, I don't I think he's trying to take to a character that is not yes he's a comic book character but he is not a cable or a deadpool or something like that he is it's a different it's a different type of comic book character um yeah so yeah so that was my disappointment um but oh my gosh you need to get conan battle for the serpent crown isn't that the one didn't I start that one? Wasn't that the four issue one? No. This is so a new one? After that. Okay. I didn't make it through that because it was like it was it wasn't bad. It just wasn't capturing my I have it. I have all the issues. I just haven't read it yet. So this right. one after that? Oh yeah, and this is a it's a limited set too. It's it's uh it'll be one of five. Okay. But basically like so he has to find these different pieces of this crown and he's in you know, it's scattered. So in this first one, he is in kind of modern day Vegas. So it's hilarious. So he's like, he, he sees Vegas for exactly what it is. Um, and so that leads to some cool things. Um, but so they're on issue three now, um, issue three, he's got to go to Wakanda and steal something. So I haven't read it yet, but that means he's going up against Black Panther. So it's yeah. like Conan and Black Panther. Then he has to get something from Atlantis. So it's going to be him versus uh, Namor. Yeah, Namor. Uh, wow. So these are some awesome, awesome matchups that, yes, they've contrived it a little bit, but it's that's just like to me, that's just super cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm always okay with a contrivance if it leads to good storytelling. I don't care if the if the setup is kind of like, well, I can I can I can look past that. Right, right. So in two, he's um, he's involved with like Black Cat. Like um, it's it's just fun. Um, yeah, but that was that was one of those ones I was just like, because there were some of my regular ones weren't coming out. I was just like, oh, I'll try this, um, and I didn't. That other series that we and I can't even remember what that other one was. Um, I didn't like as much. Um, oh, it's that was like Serpent War. Is Serpent, that what it was? Yeah. Serpent War. Yeah. yeah, and I I didn't like Savage Avengers that much because what I realized is if I'm gonna have a Conan story set in the Marvel universe, I need Conan to be the center. Yeah, that's I can't. A good point. I can't have like 
Wolverine and Conan sharing the screen. I need the story to be from Conan's point of view. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think it's because Conan had his own world, has his own world. So when he's in another world, he has to be the center of that world, too. Yeah, it's like it's almost like he's a guest star when it's in a different setting. If um, you know what I mean, it's almost like it's a it's a Wolverine book guest starring Conan. Right. And I'm okay with Wolverine guest starring in a Conan book, though, because Wolverine is. Wolverine is a character that can guest star. He has guest starred in a thousand things, so it's easier for me. Conan should always be the center of attention. That like, that just seems the way it should be. So, um, and this that one is what is best in life. Yes, exactly. So he is much more the center of attention. Uh, so I'm enjoying that. I've stopped reading Star Wars, but I do read Star Wars Darth Vader. Uh, I still I like any story about Vader. The other Star Wars ones, I still, they try to tell too many different stories from too many points of view. I get lost. Uh, so I haven't been having as much fun with them. But Star Wars Vader, uh, it's on number three of the new run. It's good. There's a cool storyline with that. Dr. Aphra's okay. Um, I really like having another character in the Star Wars universe that is not one of kind of what we would consider our main characters. Um so her previous one was really good. This new one's starting out a little slow, so I'm hoping hoping it'll get better. Um, in that same Marvel, uh, well, in, from Marvel, I'm still still reading kind of Deadpool and Doctor Strange. Those have both been going really well. Um, and then I've been reading a ton of X-Men related stuff. So uh, Hellions just started. So because... So just a quick little background, because all the mutants, all the mutants, good, bad, evil, uh, all live on an island together now, you have some really crazy team ups. So like it's illegal to kill humans, right? So that's one of the only laws about living on the island. You can't kill humans. So people that get in trouble for hurting humans get punished. And what they're what they've done is they've gathered a group of them together and they're allowing Mr. Sinister to kind of manage them. It's that's just to me that's a fantastic premise having Mr. Sinister manage people. Um, <laughs> but then like there's all these great titles out there like X Factor, X Force, and X Men that are just they're and Marauders is another one. Um, one of the only ones I don't read is Excalibur and I think the new X Men. Um, but all of them right now are so good because you've got you've got matchups that you might not have had in the past just because of the fact that all these mutants are, are kind of living together. Um, and because all the mutants are living together and we get to see a lot of mutant characters, they've been doing a really good job with their giant sized issues. So once a month they'll put out uh, a giant size. So it's, you know, it's a little bit longer, um, last month they did Magneto and a really cool side story, uh, where Magneto, uh, is doing some errands and favors for people. And then this month was Phantom X, which oh. I know we did like a short thing on, but now, um, that one that we read where they have to go to the world, which was that kind of self-contained like bubble, there's a really cool like storyline about that in this one. So that's been super fun uh, as well. But dominating what I read is Image Comics. And like I said, it, every month they seem to put out 
a new kind of comic that I just love to read. So at this point, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven image comics that I'm oh wow I'm reading a month. But the one I want to mention this month, it's uh, it's written by Kirkman, and he did a really cool thing. Um, so the whole free comic book day got messed up. Um, so I don't know if it was the zero issue or issue one, but basically what he did is image comic gave that to stores. They gave it to stores, not to give away, but so that they could sell it. So basically they got a copy that they could just sell. Oh, okay. Uh, they didn't gotcha, have to gotcha, pay gotcha. for it. Um, it's cool, but that's, uh, but Kirkman, his newest one is uh, Firepower. Uh, it is a cool story of karate and you know ninjas and all of that, um, and it's and it's done in a great way. And I'm having I'm having a lot of fun with that one. So the zero issue was like an oversized zero issue, kind of giving you all the backstory. And then issue one and two just came out, um, and they're they're great because it's a Kirkman story. Um, and it's it's fun. I I, I really like his writing. I just there were things about The Walking Dead that that I for other reasons outside of comic books that I stopped reading. So it's it's great to be able to read another kind of Kirkman uh, again. Yeah. Nice. And I'm just going to do two more things real quick. Uh, So because I like Kirkman so much, I went back and read some stuff that I hadn't read by him. Uh, Oblivion Song. Um, it's very Kirkman. It's okay. If you like kind of, it's not even alternate reality, but it's, it's similar to that. Uh, I went back, I went and got a bunch of Invincible. Oh man. I forgot how good Invincible is. I read the first trade and I liked it, but I never went any further with it. Uh, yeah. So I bought, because I had read pretty far into it i bought invincible compendium 2 uh which collected 48 through 96 so that was like a thousand pages and i just i just started reading and i kept reading every night until i was done with that and it's it's so (laughs) good i like i i love how kirkman does superheroes Um, and that's gonna be a show right invincible's coming out right yeah that's what got me is i saw that and i was like i gotta read more of this um yeah, that's um, yeah, that's so that's where I'm at. Um, I've, there's some other stuff in there too, but that's that's good for now. Okay, awesome. All right, well I'll try and um, uh, I'll I'll see if I can maybe find something new that that's coming out uh, to uh, to check out. You've always got good suggestions, so. Um, well, it's I've... been so. I go through some of the kind of the free stuff on Comicsology. Um, there's been some good stuff out there. Um, and that's, that to me, that's always been a great way to just like at when I can't find something I want, I think there might be some more of the invincibles out there, um, in, um, that you might be able to get to beyond the first trade in, uh, comiXology unlimited. Another one that I would recommend is, uh, dead body road, which is another image imprint. Um, but yeah, there's there's right now there's a bunch of good stuff again on Comicsology Unlimited. Nice. Was uh 
Was it Invincible or was it an Iron Man book that I famously uh, ungifted? <laughs> it, it was Invincible. It was Invincible, yeah. Uh, yeah, quick No, respect. no, the... Um, or was it... I, I thought it was Iron Man. Was it Demon in a Bottle? Well, D, no, no, no. That wasn't de-gifted. That's the one that we're not ever sure what happened to, I thought. Oh, not, okay. Who bar- like, that yeah. got... That got borrowed away, like, somehow. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I know I gave it back to you, because I don't have it anywhere in my house, I hope. Uh, <laughs> it's like my copy of Blade Runner. Um, yeah, real, real quick, for those that haven't heard the story, the, uh, I, for Andy's birthday, gave him a trade paperback. We think it was Invincible, right? I think, I think I'm almost what, positive it was. I think it was the first, because the I think what happened was, I think it was coming out of... No, it would have been Dragon Con because your birthday's before that. But it was coming out of some convention where, like, I picked up two copies. I picked up one for me and one for Andy. Um, or maybe I, – I don't remember. I don't remember how it happened. Anyway, I gave it to Andy as a gift and then later uh, asked him for it back because I had confused in my mind whether – and in my defense – now, I feel terrible for one thing that I did that. In my defense, Andy and I swap a lot of comic books back and forth, as you can imagine, and have yeah, over yeah, the yeah. years. Yeah. So it was it was just me in my brain saying, oh, I own Invincible. I lent that to Andy. <laughs> so that comes up once in a while, and it's a funny yeah. thing. And I, I, feel, I feel terrible about it still. Oh, I don't know. It's one of those things to me where, like, right away I think we both realized, like, pretty quickly that you asked for it because – you did think it was, was your confused. copy. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Like, you weren't asking for a gift back. You literally <laughs> right. thought it was your copy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and that made it that made it fun. I, and, I, like, I didn't think anything of it. You were like, I want it back. I was like, all, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah, that's how things happen sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right. We'll close the poll list for the month. Lord Aku, the samurai has escaped our clutches once again. You have failed me again, my daughter. If the foolish samurai has once again escaped, then you shall be banished. Dad, you need to chill out. It's time to go on a Geek Nation tour. A what? A Geek Nation tour, where they have tours of Middle-earth, feudal Japan, and even a Star Trek tour. No, we must capture the... Wait. Did you say Star Trek Tour? Yep. To GeekNationTours.com It is entitled, Naturan de Manto, roughly translated, Book of the Dead. The book is bound in human flesh and inked in human blood. All right, welcome into Read This, where we discuss a trade paperback or a collection or a story arc that we would like for you to read along with us. Or maybe if you don't read along after we talk about it, you decide you do want to read it. So just a a fun way for us to either uh, introduce each other to something, like if it's something Andy's read that he wants me to read or vice versa or something we've never read or a suggestion. And this one actually was a suggestion initially. This was Andy's pick this month, um, but it came from our buddy Dan Roberts, who suggested it. And uh, we read volume one of Black Hammer, and um, that was Andy's pick and uh, based on Dan's recommendation. And I will let Andy start talking about it. But first, spoilers, I really like this. Yeah, so um... – I forgot how much I like Jeff Lemire's writing too, uh, which is always like, it's always a bonus because so I went back um, his run of animal man um, 
tied in with was that some... new 52 did he yeah know? okay yeah. i read i read a bunch of the early of that and really liked it right right so then that tied in with uh some of the and actually for those of you that are interested some of that is available on comiXology unlimited the i think it's volume one the hunt uh, but it's cool because that tied in with the new 52 um, Swamp Thing at the same time, because uh, they were both dealing with some of the things uh, related to um, uh, Arcane. Uh, so, yeah, so again, um, it's Jeff Lemire uh, who wrote it. Um, it's, again, one of those things where it is a interesting take on superheroes um and what kind of happens to superheroes that sacrifice everything and how they're how they have to kind of how they have to deal with that um so to me i like that uh because you're this is the whole story of kind of the aftermath of their of a a group of not necessarily related superheroes, but superheroes that came together um, and kind of what the consequences are for them after kind of banishing, you know, for lack of a better analogy, a Galactus type, you know, level monster. So, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much of, of the story too, um, because I think it's, I think it's worth a read. Um, but each of the each of the superheroes are very flawed in their own way as well, uh, which is another thing I like. And you get to through these first six volume uh, six issues, you get to get their backgrounds um, and kind of what made them these these superheroes. But again, like I said, they're they're pretty flawed in a lot of different ways. Um, and now they're stuck in a situation that is really it's not fair but there doesn't seem to kind of be a way out of it. Um, and they're kind of trying to make the best of it uh, in that situation. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Jeff Lemire, uh, the uh, writer, and wanted to mention the artist, uh, Dean Ormston. Uh, I had not heard of him before. Overall, I really like the art in the, uh, in the book. Um, it's a little uneven. There's a couple of, uh, a couple of times where the panels are like the, whether it's just a particular panel or, or a particular layout where some of the characters look a little wonky and maybe off model. Um, and that's nitpicky. I mean, overall, I really like the style. One thing I love is the covers. The, the covers all evoke different um, classic like golden and silver age comic books uh, from the, they change the fonts up. They change almost change the art style up, too. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. Um, done by Dark Horse Comics. We should mention that as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, some some tropes, but again, just like with you know we were talking about with contrived storylines, I don't mind tropes if I'm enjoying the overall story and what's going on. And there are definitely some tropes in here, and you know borrowed character archetypes. We have you know sort of a um, uh, a bunch of different. I'm trying to th even think of who's in there. I mean, the Abraham Slam is very much sort of a Golden Age style Captain America. Um, 
and uh, you have a few others that you know you'll definitely recognize. Obviously, very much an homage to uh, Martian Manhunter, with <clears throat> excuse me, with Barbalian. Um, and... But his his character was so interesting because oh like... he's great he's like what they do with him is great but he's clearly I mean even to his name it's like Jan Jans or something like that right right but I think they take that whole idea of the Martian Manhunter who is not of this world like and they do it a little bit in DC where they kind of play him up as like he he doesn't fit in and. They take that to kind of a new a new level, which I really really like. And I, I his his story was one of the more subtle at times, but I but I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, and yeah, no, I agree. And and I don't mind the you know the the direct archetype. I mean, obviously one of my favorite comics of all time that we've talked about a ton on here is Astro City and that's just full of those that's you know this is this character but we're you know we've put our own spin on it and telling different stories and that's certainly what's happening here and I I can appreciate that when it's good storytelling and that's what you have here in Black Hammer um yeah Dan I was texting with Dan today because I, I read the last couple issues this morning or uh, sorry this afternoon when I got home from work and I told Dan I was just finishing up and he was like oh you got to keep going because it he, he's like it's it's still really good um, it's one of those things where you have a situation and you kind of touched on it again. I don't want to give away too many spoilers because I'd love for people to read this one, but they are trapped in a situation, as you said, that they can't control. I always worry with it, with a concept like that. How far can it go? Like how long can the castaways be stuck on Gilligan's Island? You know what I mean? That, that type of thing. So they're stuck in a situation, but if, if it's in the hands of a good storyteller, the evolution of that can still be really good and interesting. So that's kind of where I'm wondering where it's going to go. But um, the actual situation, and it does have some Astro City vibe as well, too, because it's kind of that classic storytelling uh, and classic archetypes. But um, just some some really cool characters. The characters are very well done, even though they might be based on something else. Like we talked a, a little bit about the Martian Manhunter uh, archetype here. Um, Barbarian, Barbalian, he's got a really cool story that's going on. You have a really fascinating, like, spellcaster occult character, um, uh, Madame Dragonfly, who's her whole thing is really interesting and if and you get bits and pieces of all of them as the first six that's what this volume was was the first six issues and they each kind of get their chance to shine and you get little bits and pieces here and there and you realize that there's a lot to each of them and um talkie walkie the the robot is really cool um colonel weird who oh my gosh his like his his issue is phenomenal Oh, I know it's it is it is such a he is such a mix of like <laughs> Dr. Manhattan, I would say for sure. Because yeah, he's kind Dr. Of trapped Manhattan. in trapped in yeah. time and able to see and experience all time, really. Right. And and is carrying the weight of like a terrible mistake that he made. Like, yes. yeah. And that's that's fantastic. Um, and then Golden Gale, too, with her like. She's awesome. An adult trapped in a nine-year-old's body. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, it's it's there's each of them had. In fact, Abraham Slam. She's a, sorry, she's okay. a Shazam. I forget about that. She's a yeah. Shazam archetype. Yeah, uh, and Abraham Slam, who is kind of the 
kind of the anchor uh, for these stories. His is probably, in the end, the the least. He's the most important character, but he's also at times the least interesting of the characters, too. Right, but he's also the one that everybody else wants to leave. He's found something worth staying for in this place that they're stuck in, so that kind of makes him an, yeah. an interesting character on its own. True, true. But it's it's one of those ones, too, where in good comic book style, the first volume, it's six issues, and they leave you with a great, what I would consider, comic book cliffhanger in six. Yeah. Like, yeah, I definitely want to keep going. Yeah. And again, to me, that's yeah, that's one I'll I'll kind of go out there. This was on uh, Comixology. So it's it's one that's kind of you can go out there and get. Um, um, Is it just volume one that's on Unlimited or do you have to pay for the other ones? I don't know. I didn't check after I got caught up trying to pick. uh, No, Uh, two is also on Unlimited. Beautiful. All right. Um. And three. You have to pay for four. And yeah, you have to pay for four. That's okay. I've been paying for Rat Queens, so <laughs> I'm not buying anything else new. So And there's like a, like the other thing I didn't realize is there's a apparently there's a ton of spin offs too. Oh. Um so there Well I guess you could because you could have background stories for all these characters easily. Right. So and some of them are new too. Like within so Barbalian, I don't even know if his came out yet, because it was actually that they do something cool. So apparently, Barbalian, his human form, he was a cop. So they explore him as a cop uh, in the 1980s uh, during the AIDS crisis. It was and oh, it, interesting. And originally, Lemaire wanted to put it out as part of uh, LGBTQ Pride Month, uh, but it's all messed up because of um, COVID-19. But Colonel Weird gets his own. Uh, four issue miniseries as well, which now that I know that, I gotta go find that. <laughs> the the one character that we didn't mention, Black Hammer. Uh, right, right. Too. <laughs> but well, there's a reason funny. why we didn't right, mention right. him. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah there's it is interesting that like issue one ends with you being like, okay, Black Hammer. I get what this is all about, but you really don't. It doesn't come back to him really until he's here, there, he's here and there uh in flashbacks and whatnot but it doesn't really come back around to the end of six and you're you're like oh okay all right now now something cool is is going on and now we'll kind of start to explore that so uh i i really enjoyed this so um i'm really glad that you recommended it and i'm glad that um that dan recommended it well yeah i'm really glad that dan did because dan's the one who definitely kind of put that um out there a while back so when i was trying to find something you know that had been recommended because I'd gone through and, fi- and read a lot of, you know, ones that have been recommended and stuff. Um, so it was nice to find one that had been recommended by a listener that we hadn't read. So I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and um, I always like to let people know kind of what to expect. There's um, there's some adult content as far as language uh, and, and just kind of adult relationship type stuff. Not yeah. really anything gory that I can think of. Maybe one or two things here and there, but nothing nothing crazy. And Dan, Dan probably wouldn't be reading it because I know he didn't like that part of Lock and Key. So um, if it was too a little too much, I, I don't think. Yeah, the darkest stuff is around um, uh, Madam Dragonfly. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Which tinges on horror that whole issue really, but it's an awesome issue. It's really it, it does, but hers is like hers is at times the most like 
dark and it's also depressing too. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I love when you take a character that they've spent a long time trying to get you not to like her uh, and realize why she's unlikable. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciate that quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I think um, this is one that I'll definitely keep reading. And uh, um, I'm, I'm always it's always nice to and I know we get recommendations all the time and, and Dan's recommended a bunch. And I know he's recommended stuff that, that you've enjoyed, too. And but it is always nice to I, I, I feel good about it on the other end of things when I recommend something to someone and they really enjoy it. So I know I know it is nice to, um, you know, to have that experience where you you tell someone they should check something out and then they end up really digging it. So uh, thanks again to Dan for that. I, I really liked Black Hammer. I would highly recommend uh, people check that one out. Anything else you want to say on it, Andy? No, I think that was good. Yeah. All right. So uh, I had a really hard time picking next month's. There were, I went all over the place. I was, I was feeling an X-Men vibe and I was really thinking maybe <laughs> I would. So funny. Yeah. I, I was thinking I would maybe redo age of apocalypse because i'd like to reread that because i read it when it came out but we also did you know the x-force one not too long ago so i was like i'll i'll hold off on that my somebody's pick made me want to go back and read nightfall the batman series but i was like oh we did like titans and other we've done batman stuff fairly recently i'm gonna hold that so those will show up because i really want to reread those and also the other thing too was nightfall for whatever reason on comiXology unlimited you can't get as a as a collection you have to you all the individual issues are there for you to borrow but you would have to literally borrow like all 20 or whatever it is it's like that's hilarious yeah, so um, maybe, so maybe they didn't do a collected one, or no, they definitely did. I've seen the I've seen the trade. I almost bought it because no, I, in a digital format. Oh, in digital. I, I would well, I guess that that's kind of weird that they wouldn't do that. But anyway, I held off, but I was still kind of feeling that DC vibe. So I went with something that I have not read and have always wanted to read. So I went with Volume One, uh, Saga of the Swamp Thing, by Alan Moore. Oh. <laughs> Yes, uh, I'll gladly reread that. Yeah, I, I know you had had read. I didn't know if you had read all of it, but I knew you had read some of it. So, um, and it's one that I love, Alan Moore, and I've read a bunch of his other stuff. I've never, and I know his run on Swamp Thing was was iconic, but I, for whatever reason, I've never read it. So I was like, yeah, that's that'll be cool. Let's check out some Swamp Thing. So, uh, yeah. So next time, if you want to join along with us for read this, it is Saga of the Swamp Thing, Volume One, uh, by Alan Moore, and uh, yeah. So read that. That's cool too, because that's DC Vertigo too. So it, yeah, it, so it's a little darker and yeah, yeah, you can have more fun with it. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. So yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out. So that's for next time. And please don't make the super suit green or animated. All right, we will wrap up with uh, the last segment, the somebodies, and I've got my Wikipedia entry here ready to go. Um, again, I don't know why. I was fe- kind of feeling the Batman vibe, and uh, his rogues gallery is so good, and I was going back and forth about who I wanted to talk about, but in the end, I went with the Mad Hatter, who is um, definitely like a second or third tier batman villain but still has he he's an old batman villain i didn't realize how far back he went uh he actually first appeared in batman issue 49 in october of 1948 so uh he goes way back and and not 
not a nothing. He, he's very much a bad guy of the times. He's got a gimmick and they just kind of run with it. You know, he's kind of influenced by uh, Lewis Carroll's uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And, you know, that Mad Hatter character and kind of has some sort of sort of a mind control or hypnosis type of thing. It kind of varies and it has over the years what his actual you know powers or augmentation through science or however you want to look at it. But essentially it's like a mind control thing where he can um, uh, either, you know, put a hat on someone that has a device in it that takes over their mind and things like that. So very much a, you know, a golden age style uh, bad guy, but he's also, he's, he's endured. He's still, exists and shows up in the comics and um uh he was in i just remembered his uh part in nightfall which is what had me kind of wanting to read that um that's the uh you know the batman series of stories where the arc where um bane breaks everyone out of arkham asylum and breaks batman's back so that's kind of an iconic more modern batman story uh and the mad hatter is one of the first bad guys in that um that kind of makes his presence known so i think that's what was maybe making me think of him a little bit too but um uh i'll go into his history a little bit more andy but i mean what's your what's your experience with him any anything at all stand out so um again first time i remember him is live action uh batman (laughs) uh the 60s show yep Yep. Uh, and if you do look at the Wikipedia page, it is hilarious because I forgot all about the hat where the little eyes pop yeah, out. They pop out of the top. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's well, what's really funny is I always used to get him confused with the Joker thinking back because he has the same kind of ridiculous like mustache. He looks the actor who plays him looks so much like Rip Torn. Like I'm just like, oh, what? wait. Oh, oh, no, that is a different character. <laughs> yeah. And then. In the animated series, I remember him, they played him like two very kind of different characters. And it's, it is, it's always one of those things where I've, I, he's, how he works as a villain changes a lot. Like, is he using hypnosis? Is he using, like, what is he using? I don't really remember a lot of comics with him in it. I can't remember if he's in the, Arkham one. Um, uh, what is it? Is it just called Batman Arkham Asylum? The one where Batman is basically in Arkham with everybody else. I can't remember whether that's, that's the first four issues of shadow of the bat, that series where he's in Arkham. But, um, that one is more to do with Mr. Zaz. Yeah. But maybe I'm thinking of, maybe we're thinking of different things here, but, um, but even still, I can't remember, I can't remember that one, uh, as well. So I really didn't know much about it. Like he was always, I know you call him second tier. He also felt one of like the ridiculous, like villains, like, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But when he's, when he's handled well, like the animated series, you mentioned he was voiced by Roddy McDowell in the animated series. Um, but the, I mean, the anime, I mean, to me the animated series is is pure batman like i i think the animated series there were rarely any swing and swing and a miss in that series it was that series was so brilliant and the way they handled so many characters was so good and i think they did a great job with him uh in the animated series where he was like a he was like a scientist um or like technical wizard that um was using uh, like brainwave technology or something like that. And he had like an unrequited love um, 
uh, that he worked with, I, like a young assistant or something, if I remember right. And it, um, uh, I just remember that being one that I really liked and him, him being really well done and somewhat believable within that setting. Um, but then you mentioned the, uh, you know, the, the live action, the sixties era and, um, portrayed by David Wayne and that, and I found out on Wikipedia, I didn't watch Gotham, uh, but apparently he, the, uh, Matt Hatter shows up on, on the Gotham TV series as well. But the cool thing is, this is something I didn't know. There was a, it ended up being a quote unquote imposter. Well, it really was an imposter Mad Hatter in the comics, but you didn't know that for decades. He was just a new version of the Mad Hatter showed up that looked different and had like that, like the red hair and the mustache, which is what the 60s version was based on. But in the um, later, one was it the 70s? Where was it? There was like the imposter Batman. Um, yeah, the uh, sorry, imposter Mad Hatter. Um, so, yeah, in, in 1956 there was a, a new one that was introduced after the original, uh, the original um, should mention uh, co-created by Bill Finger, uh, who again, doesn't, doesn't get enough credit for his Batman uh, uh, stuff. But um, 1956, a new Mad Hatter showed up and then it wasn't until 1978. Uh, no, 1981. that They went back and, and again, it's a retcon, but at the same time, it's kind of cool. It'd be like, oh, no, that wasn't the real Mad Hatter. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I, I think that's kind of funny that they that they did that and kind of neat that they that they did that. And then really, if you look at it, if you take everything as canon, then the 60s Batman Mad Hatter was the imposter. It wasn't the real one. So stuff like that kind of amuses me. It is. That is kind of it, like that they can do that. Yeah. Um, but I think he's one of those characters, too, where you can you can move things around or retcon as you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's not, it's not like someone that anyone is super invested in and people are going to get upset. And if you, if you change his abilities or his appearance or anything like that, right. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just say, kinda, yeah. And apparently in the new Batman movie that continues to be, <laughs> goes all over the board as far as what it's going to be, who's going to be in it, who's going to direct it and everything. But apparently he was considered as one of the, the bad guys for, uh, I guess it's called Batman Unchained. Um, and uh, like in the Wikipedia, it says um, that it was dropped in favor of Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. Who knows if that'll be really um, what happens. But <laughs> I like this last line in that. It's like, this sounds like just like an edit editorialization from the um, person writing the Wikipedia article, but it says Rowan Atkinson could play this character. <laughs> and it was like, but he could, yeah, I think he, he could. Oh, he could. But I just think it's funny. Cause it's like, it's like, well, was that a rumor or is this just whoever edited this part of Wikipedia being like, I think Rowan Atkinson would do a nice job, <laughs> I, but, which I agree. You're absolutely right. He, he would be perfect for it. But, um, but I just thought that part was funny. Um, he's in the, um, the Batman Arkham video games. He shows up in there. Uh, he's in the Lego uh, Batman. He's on Justice League Unlimited, which was another great animated show. So he's he's endured and and showed up in you know uh, various forms and comic books themselves. He's um he's been around. He's been in, he was in Injustice, Gods Among Us. Um, uh, uh, yeah, he was in a um, one called uh, a series called White Knight. Uh, he was in an Elseworlds tale which i've read this i didn't remember him i think it maybe he's not in it very much um but he was in crimson mist which is an elseworlds batman yeah yeah um but i, I don't think he's in it much because i didn't i didn't remember 
him in it, but um, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's one of I, that's one of the better Elseworlds too, in my opinion. Yeah, I like that one a lot. I almost picked a Legends of the Dark Knight for uh, for read this. So, um, but again, I'm, I was like, ah, oh, we just did like Batman not too long ago. So, um, yeah, yeah he's still around. Like, there's a lot of Batman out there, Ian. So you can't feel that. Bad <laughs> I know, I know, but uh, I don't want to inundate us with Batman. I almost went to Spider Man as well, but I feel like we should have our buddy Rafe on and do some Spider, do a whole Spider. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, but anyway, that's Mad Hatter, who I think is kind of a you know again second third tier Batman villain, but but a little unique in uh, um, you know what he is and and gimmicky, but at the same time, if handled well, just like a lot of those Batman villains, can be can be kind of a compelling bad guy. Yeah, no, I um I agree. It's he's like I said before, he's he's second tier, but you can drop him in wherever you need him. And I think that I think that makes him a fun a fun character. Um, I like I like when they stay away from like making him too much of the Lewis Carroll character. Yeah, I think I think the thing is is that he's been in Batman for long enough that he can just be the Batman Mad Hatter. He doesn't have to be a Lewis Carroll character. Who yeah, that's a great point. Be, who happens to be in Batman? Um, because I don't even think of him as the Lewis Carroll character. Right. Um, although looking at the Wikipedia page, he is pouring tea or something. So in the, <laughs> yeah, the... that was, yeah. And they, and they do play, I think they did that a little bit in the animated series too. They kind of play that up a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I also, no, that's a good point. Like, I also remember that, like that beyond Lewis Carroll, the, the term, uh, as mad as a hatter, um, like, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, I I know it comes a lot from Lewis Carroll and stuff, um, but you know, th- th- there's an idea of that kind of crazy character. Um, so yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. All right, we'll check out some Mad Hatter uh, uh, stories and uh, definitely check out the animated series. That um, if you're a comic book fan and, and and haven't watched the Batman animated series, I I think that's a that's a must watch. It's so good. The DC streaming app has all of those uh, episodes on there. Totally, totally worth watching. They're they're so well done. Um, and somewhere, speaking of the Batman live action, where is it? Is it Tubi or Pluto? It's one of the free apps i have on my roku tv has like the entire 60s batman run which is oh really yeah so i'll I'll pop one of those on once in a while if it's like you know i just want something mindless i can i can veg out to and um so uh yeah because they're kind of they're kind of fun and the the there was a, it was so funny because there was so much double entendre stuff done on that show that uh you know for the times was interesting and obviously was going over you know most kids heads but the <laughs> it's just, so there's there's a ton of fun stuff in there to just kind of check out so but uh that that is going to bring us to the end of this issue uh i put the call out for the mailbag a while ago didn't hear anything uh no questions from anybody so um we did have a good suggestion though and uh i think i I'll see if I can either – I might have to make us a new page or if I can adapt our official page. But someone suggested that we change our Hero Man and Sidekick Boy Facebook page to a group, and that way people can share things and start discussions and, and Yeah, I'm like not – I'm definitely not opposed to that. Yeah, we could probably – like doing that too might make it easier for me to kind of post some of what, um, what I'm reading each month too because like I said, I – I probably 
there's probably six more comics that I didn't even talk about in my poll list. So yeah, plus stuff I just read that I came across that like yeah. most of my pull list is stuff I paid for. Like, like I got other stuff. Like I'm using unlimited a lot too to to read stuff. So yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell the uh, <laughs> what happened to me when I uh, when I picked Saga the Swamp thing. So I go. I'm on my laptop. Uh, to get it and I go to click borrow and as I'm about to click borrow the pull down pull down drops down to buy instantly and I click buy instantly <laughs> so I paid eight bucks for a book that I could have gotten for free if on you, unlimited if you uh, how long ago did you do that it was today I mean Call, I know I could probably get it oh uh, I was gonna say yeah I you could like, I don't even know if it's worth the hassle I it's did, like eight bucks so because I turned buy instantly off. I did online. that immediately after. <laughs> <laughs> because I did that once too. Like I was like I like, and I sent them a note. I was like, look, I buy a lot of comics. Like this is not what I meant to buy. Like well, they I'm, were probably like, oh, Mr. Howard, of course. Well, though this is early on. This is years ago, even. Like, but yeah, at this point, yeah, they better be. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have like a live person pop up, but like yeah, yeah. Way in chat. <laughs> what can we, we get do? a little concierge service? Um, <laughs> You're a I can't, but, level member. <laughs> but here's the thing: is like, it, if I knew that I could regularly get to a comic book store, I would. I probably. I don't even know if I would because I can buy so many more comics this way, and well, it's, it's no storage and yeah. Yeah. The only comics I have in my basement belong to Joel. <laughs> yeah, Joel's lending library. Yeah, actually, there's um, some good shit in there too. Oh I yeah, guess. he's yeah he he had a he he had a a really good collection of stuff in there, a lot of '90s stuff. Um, yeah, I read it when like because that was that was at our that was at the uh, my former uh, place of work, and uh, if it was slow, I'd paw through there sometimes. <laughs> For half a second, I almost thought you were gonna say former house of worship. At, like I don't know why I knew you weren't gonna say that, but it yeah. just popped into my head. Yeah. I was like, oh, this sermon is boring. What, what's Joel got for comics? <laughs> Let me read this 90s era X-Men. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So the, I don't even know what I was talking about. No, I'm oh, I, talking I, accidentally, yeah. I accidentally paid for this yeah. one thing. But, um, it happens. Uh, yeah. But um, but I thought that was funny. So, um, but yeah, we'll, I'll look into turning it into a group because it would be fun to have discussion like listeners start. You know, start a discussion. Hey, anybody reading this? Hey, you know, did you guys hear this? That type of thing. I would really enjoy that, and I would like for our listeners to be able to interact with one another. And um, so I think that's a great idea. So I, I think I will definitely uh, make that happen here. Um, hopefully it's already uh, happening as you listen to this because maybe I'll do it before I even get this out. But, um, uh, yeah, other than that, I, I uh, sorry we took last month off. Um, you know, I'd kind of – kind of have those lulls especially in the summer when other stuff's going on even though obviously we're still in the middle of the pandemic but we're still doing things you know andy got to go up to to maine and enjoy the you know the the lake up there and um you know i've been going out a little bit more and doing uh and and playing you know like one-on-one uh whether it's the new warhammer 40k or things like that just meeting up and and being responsible still you know wearing masks and and all of that and um you know doing things to the right way to so that we can get past this but um you know there's still a lot going on and 
uh, still able to enjoy things. And, and we're doing a lot of remote stuff, too. We're playing first edition AD&D with, uh, with Dan and, and a bunch of our buddies and Terrace, of course, from Geek Nation Tours. So there's tons of stuff going on. So we will occasionally miss a month here and there, but we, we try and stay on schedule as much as we can. But um, yeah. So yeah, no, uh, I was definitely looking forward to it. There's uh there's been a lot of great stuff out there. So, um, and I, and again, I, I get that I'm not going to get some of my regular issues because of the need to kind of support the kind of brick and mortar community, but I'm hoping kind of that as stores kind of get to stay open or reopen, uh, that we'll see some of that start to come back as well too. Cause, um, at the same time that those brick and mortar stores are important, it's also you know the writers, the artists, the the uh, all of them um, are kind of affected in a similar way too. So yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, oh, and real quick, I know we we always <laughs> ramble on like Lord of the Rings style at the end of these sometimes, but just to support a brick and mortar store, uh, I would highly recommend either pick a local store or pick something far away you could even i know double midnight comic books here in new hampshire their two stores do this and they'll ship anywhere a lot of comic book stores will do uh mystery boxes like a giant box of comics that they'll send to you and yeah some of it you know obviously they're trying to get rid of stock that didn't sell or but that doesn't mean it's bad stuff there could absolutely be a gem in there that you that is right up your alley and they're usually very reasonably priced and you get a bunch of stuff to try out and um i would i would highly recommend giving that a try a lot of stores do that and it's a great way to to uh, have uh you know get a look at, at a book that you maybe wouldn't have picked up or, or maybe wondered about or anything like that. You know, it's a, it's a great way to, to try some new stuff and it's not very expensive. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up for real. Uh, thank you as always, Andy. I had a great time. I had a blast. Thank you very much. And thank you listeners as always. And thank you to our sponsor geek nation tours. And we will come back in another month until then everyone stay safe uh, take care of each other. And we're just reminding you it's a four color world. We're just living in it. This has been Hero Man and Sidekick Boy, a part of the Freebooters Network. Please check out our Facebook page and head to the Freebooters Forum to engage with us about the current episodes or about things you'd like to hear us talk about. And please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. Thanks so much for listening.